So where is your treasure? That's what we've been looking at the last couple of weeks. Um, and we've been thinking about different types of treasure or different types of things that can become our treasure. Um, we've been exploring treasures of money. We've been exploring treasures of, of clothes, food, material, possessions. Uh, and, and we've been asking the question, what are, what are you searching for? What would be the X on your, your treasure map? What, what would make your life complete? And there are so many things that we can desire, so many things around us that, that can, we can set our hearts on and they, they can become treasures and all-important things in our lives. And Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I saw um, Les Mis last night in Edinburgh and it was fantastic. Um, uh, but as it as I said, it reminded me of Susan Boyle's performance um, in Britain's Got Talent, and it was about maybe 10 years ago or something like that she performed. Who remembers that show uh, or that, that, that audition? Um, it was her first audition. Um, would you like to see it? Yes, come on, let's, let's watch it. What's your name, darling? My name is Susan Boyle. Okay, uh, Susan, and where are you from? I am from Blackburn, near Bathgate, West Lothian. It's a big town. It's a sort of collection of... It's a collection of... Uh, villages. I just think there. And how old are you, Susan? I am 47. <laughs> and that's just one side of me. Okay, what's the dream? I, I'm trying to be a professional singer. And why hasn't it worked out so far, Susan? Well, I've never been given the chance before, but here's hoping it'll change. Okay, and who would you like to be as successful as? Elaine Page. Elaine Page. Like what are you going to sing tonight? I'm going to sing I Dreamed a Dream from the Miserables. Okay, big song. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. And 
very much, uh, Susan Pearce. Without a doubt, that was the biggest surprise I have had in three years on this show. When you stood there with that cheeky grin and said, I, I want to be like a lame page, everyone was laughing at you. No one is laughing now. That was stunning. An incredible performance. Amazing. I'm reeling from shock about you two, but... I am so thrilled because I know that everybody was against you. I honestly think that we were all being very cynical and... I think that's the biggest wake-up call ever. And I just want to say that it was a complete privilege listening to that. It was inspirational. I knew the minute you walked out... Oh, Simon! ...on that stage that we were going to hear something extraordinary, and I was right. Quite a lot of touch. Listen, um, and, uh, and yeah, I can remember it was in the days before um, Britain's Got Talent and X Factor was became predictable. But it was that kind of shock I remember um, when when we heard Susan Boyle sing the first time. Everyone judged her, and this is the thing: when she came onto that platform, and and even the bit before that, everyone was judging her. Um, and yet, as she sang, the, like, the treasure of her voice came out. And everyone was blown away in that room and, and watching it on, on TV uh, when she performed. And, and it points towards a problem that we have in our culture. And the culture is that, that we judge appearance to be everything. Um, and I'd like us to think about that for a minute. I'd like us to consider image more than ever before, we live in a culture that's obsessed with image. Will the right image bring happiness and contentment? That's the question. Because it's easy for image to be the thing that we seek after, that or strive after. It's easy for image to become a treasure in our lives. And uh, we are sold makeovers or tanning studios liposuction, Simon Cowell teeth whitening, hair transplants, Botox, nip and tuck, gym membership, the next celebrity diet, plastic surgery, and it goes on. That's what we're sold. That's what our culture portrays as important. I we drop into Kirky High, Andy and, and Laura and I, on a, on a um, Friday lunchtime. And a few weeks ago, we, as we just drop in to, to do wee challenges in the cafeteria and then try and encourage a bit of chat, um, I, 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 um, I went over to chat with a group of girls who must have been in four, about fourth year. And they all had their phones out, as, as they do, as, as we do. Um, and I need to be careful. But this girl had on her phone, like I just caught before she shut, like before she switched the screen off. As I walked over, I saw the image of a of, of a lady who was having plastic surgery on, like had a, had a nose job basically, and a face all bruised. And 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 I, I said, "What are you looking at that for?" And she said, "Oh, you know, I, yeah, I'm 
she was just interested. And then just as a bit of chat went on, it turned out that this girl had been considering getting a nose job. And, and I looked at her nose. I was like, are you, are you kidding me here? Are you for real? Like, I'm looking at her nose. It's like perfect, a seriously perfect nose. And she's been convinced by social media that she needs a nose job. I'm like that. Look at my nose, for goodness sake. There's nothing wrong with your nose. Oh, but it broke my heart that she thought she needed a nose job in order to be pretty because she was believing what the culture was telling her was important. Will my image, will the right image bring contentment? What if I get older and my hair goes gray and falls out? I can't imagine. (laughs) What if my skin continues to sag and, and plastic surgery can't keep up? What if the tanning studios create a a radioactive orange glow instead of a healthy-looking tanned appearance? What if despite my, my diet and regular exercise, I become unwell? What then? What will I live for then? Well, I'd like us to look at Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. And and this is is the second Corinthians. If you want to open it, then do so, because we're looking at it in chapter four. I'd just like to point out a few truths that Paul has pointed out in this passage. And before I do, can we just pray? And I'd just like us to pray that the Holy Spirit would convict us just now. Father, would you convict us? Would you the God of all ages, would you convict us where we have been looking in the wrong places for satisfaction? And may we find our treasure in you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to teach us, challenge us, and open our eyes to your truth. Amen. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Starting at verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. That's how he starts this chapter. I need to give you a bit of context. He's been talking about the ministry of God's Holy Spirit that he has received. As a follower of Christ, he's received the Holy Spirit. And it's this ministry of the Holy Spirit that brings righteousness, that brings goodness. It's a ministry that brings eternal glory. Not just for this lifetime, but eternal glory. And it's a ministry of transforming power that transforms us from the inside out and flows out from us to transform others. That is the ministry that Paul is talking about here. It's a ministry and it's a gift from God. It's not a burden for Paul. It's a gift. And he says, I won't quit. I'm going to keep going. And and he continues... Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age 
has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What is Paul saying? He's saying we have been transformed by Jesus Christ. Paul knows that, that Jesus Christ has removed his sin. As far as the east is from the west, God has removed his sin. He's forgiven Paul. And Paul knew that, and he knew that that truth was in him, planted in him, and, and, and God has, has cleaned him up inside, and so he, he is transparent, Paul is saying. I've, I'm not hiding anything here. I've, got, I've, I've, I've said goodbye to the shameful ways, the things that he had been ashamed of. He said goodbye to them. But even still, I'm, I'm preaching this gospel, I'm preaching this good news of Jesus Christ, but even still, people will not believe because some have had their eyes blinded by the God of this age. What is the God of this age telling us? What lies is he telling us? What lies is he telling the the, the God of this age, the, the young people in Kirky High? What lies are they believing? They've been blinded to the good news. Susan Boyle sang the words, I I won't sing it, but Susan Boyle sang the words, I dreamed that God would be forgiven. Susan, you don't need to dream that God will be forgiving. God is forgiving. He is faithful and just, and if we confess our sins, he will cleanse us from sin and save us from that unrighteousness. But the God of this age blinds people from that truth. Can you see the darkness around us? People blinded by the truth. And all the more we, we need to preach this good news out and pray that God would open up eyes. For we preach, for what we preach, Paul continues, is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Christ's sake. Paul said, I'm not going to promote myself here. It's not about Paul. I'm not preaching a message of Paul. I'm preaching about Jesus. It's all about him. I'm just a servant of Jesus. I'm, I'm pointing towards him. It's all about Jesus. It's not about me. And it's not about ourselves. It's who we point to. And, and, and we are just servants, just like Paul. For, for, for those of us who have received Jesus, our job is to point to him, not to ourselves. We are absolute, Paul realized this, we are absolutely nothing compared with Jesus Christ. Do you know, we, we live in a selfie generation, a selfie culture. Let me tell you what I'm doing where I am going. Let me post that on Instagram. Let let me see how many likes I get for this post. I want to be recognized. I want other people. My life is important. I need to show everybody else what I am doing. I want to be praised by others. And it's a culture that we are immersed in. It's the God of this age that says, promote yourself. 
Take your selfies. Show everyone your best sides. <laughs> That's not my best side. I should have done this side. <laughs> Look to leaders who are glamorous. Put your trust in them, the celebrities. Put your trust in them. Follow them. Copy them. Get a selfie with them. And then share it. And the danger, I think that there's a real danger this celebrity culture can even be in the church. It can flow into our churches. Paul even fought against this. Against... Um, celebrity leaders that, that, that rose up called, they were Judaizers. I don't know how to pronounce that properly, but they, they were, they twisted God's truth. They, they promoted themselves, and, and you can read in different parts of, of his letters to the, to the church in Corinth how these people had been trying for their own gain to distract people from the truth and pull people away. Uh, and, and it was for their own self-promotion, and, and Paul challenges them. And the same thing happens in our culture today. It's all about who we are following. Uh, but Paul, and, and I love his humility, he just knows he is nothing. He, he knew he, that this was a real danger of the church. People were boasting who their leader was. And in 1 Corinthians, he challenges them. I know that some of you are saying, I follow Paul. No, 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 not Paul. You follow Paul? I follow Peter. You follow Peter? No, no, no. I follow Apollos. Oh, I was baptized by Apollos. And Paul's saying, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. We're just servants. The question is, who do we idolize? Who do we put on a pedestal? Who do we religiously follow on Instagram? Who are we preaching about? Are, are we preaching about ourselves and showing off who we are? Are we preaching about other people? Or are we preaching about Jesus Christ and what he's done for us? And what happens when we preach about Jesus? Look at these words. Light shines in the darkness. And the imagery here is of creation. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Just as God spoke into the darkness in, in creation, he spoke into the darkness and there was light he does the same in our lives. He speaks into the darkness. He speaks his light. His light has shone. And what is the light? Who is the light? The light is Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus Christ who reveals God's glory. And God opens our eyes to who Jesus is. And, and Paul says, next to Jesus, next to Jesus, who am I? Who am I to boast in myself or to big myself up? And, and, and for someone who, is, who hasn't received Christ, who hasn't believed in him, you know, they, they, might, they might look good on Facebook. They, they, might, they might look good in our celebrity news. 
They might look good on the outside. They might have the appearance that we might dream about. But to God, if they don't know him, they are formless and empty and in darkness. But when we trust Christ, what happens is a new creation is formed uh, and, and light comes into the darkness and transforms us, renews us from the inside out. Have you come to believe in Jesus? Have you come to accept him? Have you allowed his life to shine into the darkness and bring you to life? And then there's this verse, and this is amazing. Love this verse. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are weak. We are nothing to look at. We are just plain clay jars, Paul is saying. But inside these plain ordinary clay jars, there is real treasure. And, and it's treasure that is from God, not ourselves. And, it's, and it brings this surpassing, all-surpassing power that, that, that comes from that treasure is God's power, His transforming power. And that's the treasure within us. The treasure is not us. The treasure is God in us. The external image that we see on the outside is nothing. It means nothing. It's what's on the inside that counts. Do you know, our culture likes to focus the attention on the nice clay jars. Doesn't it? We, we want nice clay jars that are all polished and the right shape. Oh, that clay jar, that's a different shape. That doesn't fit in our culture. That clay jar is looking a bit old. That clay jar? Cracked. This is the clay jar that we want. We want this type of clay jar. And that's what our culture boasts in, and it's ludicrous. But we are blinded by this. We can be blinded by this. But it's, in the end, it's just clay jars but it's what they contain that is important. It's, I'm not saying it's, I need to be careful. I'm not saying don't look after your bodies because it's important to look after the bodies that God has given us. But we don't obsess over our bodies. They don't become the most important thing. Our image shouldn't be the most important thing. They shouldn't be our treasure. What we treasure is within. It's Christ in us is our treasure. That's the real treasure. Don't look at me, look to Jesus. It's not about us. We don't exist to show off who we are. And in life, we can find ourselves battered and bruised. And Paul experienced this. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. There are pressures all around us that will crack these jars of clay. But our jars of clay are held together by Jesus. 
And instead of promoting self, we are dying to self. That's, that's what Paul's meaning by carrying, about the, carrying the death of Jesus. You know, that, that, that is dying just as Jesus died to his own will and followed the Father, just as he died to self. We, we too are, are called to die to self and our own desires and to live for God's desires. The question for all of us is, are we dying to self? Are we willing to die to our selfish ways and live in that amazing resurrection power that is found in Jesus Christ? And is that same power that that was working through Paul, is that same power is available to us today? Do we believe that? The Holy Spirit is in us if we are followers of Christ. And it's also natural here for the church to be persecuted. And in fact, it's to be expected But God can use our trials for his own glory and for his own purpose. And sometimes, get this, sometimes God allows his jars to be cracked so that the treasure might spill out and enrich other people. Are we fitting in so well with our culture that we're not actually standing out? Are we pointing to ourselves? Or is our treasure hidden? Sorry, are we pointing to ourselves and is our treasure hidden? Or are we allowing that treasure to be seen by others? Are we pointing towards the treasure that we hold? Have you, have you heard about Jesus? Do you know Jesus? It's not ourselves, but it's Christ in us is that treasure. And then we're jumping to verse 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Again, do you see what's important here for Paul? And the outside, you know, it's wasting away. Inside, though, is being renewed by God. And as followers of Christ, we are, we are not focused on what is seen, but what is unseen. Our job then is to live for him and allow him to change us, to renew us. And if we do that, even in the hard times we go through, the bumps and the cracks along the way God will use for our good. And Paul contrasts, you see what he's doing here? He's contrasting these light and and momentary trials with the the weight of God's glory that is awaiting. This world is passing, but for us who are following Jesus, there's an eternal hope that's awaiting for us, far better than anything we can possibly imagine here. It's waiting, this glory is waiting for us. We need to keep our, our eyes fixed on that. Um, this is um, a, a cig bottle. I've, I've introduced this, this to some of the young people. Um, and and this, is, this is a bottle that I've had for maybe oh, 
about, about tw- this is scary, I'm just counting back, about 25 years I've had this, and then um, it's, it's gone with me up and down mountains as I've been walking, uh, up and down the campuses that is, um, and it's, it's, it's got lots of bumps and bruises on the way, um, but you know, it's, it, it, it's one of these bottles that's kind of, I, I, if anyone asked me, can I, can I get that? No, no, this is mine. This is my sig bottle. I actually have come quite attached to this sig bottle, you know. And uh, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, a bit precious to me. Um, although it's, it's looking bumped and uh, bashed and, and the, the paint is, is chipping off. Um, it, yeah, it's still, it's still important to me. And you know what's most important about it? It still carries water. It still carries water. And perhaps what more than anything else, why should we treasure God above all else? Why should we treasure God above all else? Because God treasures us. Again and again, you know, in, in the Bible, God calls his people his treasured possession. The, the apple of his eye. And have you ever considered that, that God holds you dearly? That, yeah, you've, you've got bumps and bruises along the way. Yeah, you might not look like what you once looked like or hope, hope that you look like but you're precious to God. You're important to him. And, and he wants to fill you with, with living water, with the treasure within that, that is eternal and not just transitory. And, and I, I just wonder, as, as, as I finish, who are you listening to? Are you listening to the God of this age or the God of all ages? Are you, are you concerned about the words of social media or the word of God? Who are you listening to? Because I, and it, you know, I know I know that there will be people here who are listening to lies. And I just want to call this. Because, do you know, when I was younger, I listened to lies. I, I am, I didn't like how I looked. I had really bad acne. And, and I would look at myself in the mirror and I would hate myself. And I would hate my nose. And we joked about it earlier. And I would hate how I looked. I used to look at other people and, and think, I wish I looked like them. And it became consuming. And I bet 
that if we were really honest with ourselves, if, we, if I was to say, look, put up your hand if you're struggling with a self-image thing. If, if this is, your image has been so important, then I bet if we were being really honest, a lot of hands would come up in this place. I'm not going to do that. When we lose our perspective, when we start listening to the God of this age, we start thinking that our appearance is everything. And it weighs us down. And do you know what it does? It actually paralyzes us from living as how God wants us to live. But do you know, God wants to set us free. He wants us to fix our eyes not on ourselves, not on other people and how they think, how we think they think we should look. We should fix our eyes on Jesus. And you know what we should hear from Jesus? He says, you're loved. You are loved. And you are treasured by the living God. Who, whose else opinion matters? Really, when we think about it, the God of all ages, the King of kings, or the people around us. Let's get perspective. Who are we listening to? Let's pray. Just as the band come back up. Holy Spirit, would you come and minister to us just now? And we invite you to be working, particularly among those who are here and have been listening to lies. I pray that you would speak truth. And comfort. And hope. Jesus, draw our eyes to you. Turn our eyes towards you, Jesus. I pray in the name of Jesus 
that you would take our eyes off ourselves. That you would take our eyes off the things around us or what culture says is important. And would you help us to fix our eyes on you, Jesus? And Lord, may we be listening out for your voice and not the voice of culture, the voice of culture that says we're not pretty enough, we're not tall enough, we're not short enough. We're not muscly enough. We don't look like we should. The voice that says in order to be accepted, we need to look like this person or that person. Lord, turn our ears to you and help us to hear you, the God who says, I created you. I knitted you together in your mother's womb. I know you. I know the amount of hairs that are on your head. They're numbered. Your name is important to me. You are precious in my sight. You are treasured by me. And help us, Lord, to find our identity in you and not in the things of this world. Help us, Lord, to treasure you and not treasure image or anything else. We need your help. Set us free, Lord. If this is something that we have really been struggling with, and I believe that there are people here who have been really struggling with this, and just as we've been speaking, their hearts have been stirred, and I pray for them, Lord, that they might know your freedom. Freedom from that slavery. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you would set them free, that you would fix their eyes on what is unseen, what is eternal. I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ and in his power and in his authority. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Just as we're about to continue our worship. And I know that this can be a hard subject, particularly if it's something that you're going through. Um, and the prayer ministry team would love to pray for you, but we're aware that that can be, that can be hard. Um, hard to receive prayer, hard to be vulnerable in this way. And, and so I'm going to ask the prayer ministry team just to kind of, if possible, um, just to go into the aisles. I think we'll, we'll go. Have we got enough? Have we got two teams? Um, and we've got prayer ministry team just in the aisles. Uh, if you can make your way there. And, and maybe if, if this is something that you would appreciate prayer for, um, or you know somebody else who's really struggling in this area and you want to pray for them, then why not, as we're worshiping together, just move, move, make your way to the aisles and, and these guys would love to pray with you for you or for someone else that is on your heart just now. Um, let's worship together. Thanks, Eli, and the band.